Well, it's been an eventful few days since I last spoke to you. But hey, plenty to talk about on the podcast today. Right, let's get stuck in. episode of the Moor Army podcast. How are you all today? How are you keeping? Hope you all had a great weekend. I had a pretty good weekend actually for once. Very quiet weekend. Didn't do very much to be honest. Um, but yes, I'm back for another episode of the podcast. Um, got some good things I want to talk about today. Some laughable things that I want to talk about today. Some serious things I want to talk about today. Um, and also I've got some lovely questions for you guys to answer to as well. So it's going to be another eventful podcast. Now, I know we didn't do the, the Jackass of the Week last Thursday. On the episodes, a lot of you were asking about that. It will return this Thursday. So more on that later. But anyway, yes, guys, how are you all out there? Hope you're all keeping well. Thank you for once again for taking the time out of your day to listen to me rant and rave and say whatever I feel about certain situations going on in the world. Mostly here in the UK, of course. They talk about some things around the world all the time, but just things that are going on here in the UK and stuff. But anyway, thanks for taking the time once again to, uh, whether you're listening to us on YouTube, the YouTube channel, by the way, if you are, please subscribe. <laughs> um, whether you're listening to us on Apple Music, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, thank you for streaming us, downloading us, all that as usual. Thank you very much for that, I do appreciate it. But anyway, yes guys, welcome back. To the Marami podcast for another week. Um, but as I said, I've had a very quiet weekend. So I have, but um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty fun. Had a good had a good time with the children over the weekend. Had a great Saturday night with my fa- my family. But we'll talk about that in just a wee sec. But anyway, before we continue on the podcast, guys, if you want to get in t- uh, touch with us here on the Marami po- uh, podcast for any situation at all, whether it be a question, a subject you'd like to see me talk about on the podcast, or anything at all you'd like to ask me. Uh, you can get in touch with us via the following methods here on the program. Social media, which would be the old Facebook page, Moore Army YouTube channel on Facebook. Please drop a like on it. Also, you can send us a message on there. Also, on the old email, which is Podcast at yahoo.com. Also, on the old Instagram, which I love, by the way. He's all claimed to contact me more on Instagram, what he's doing emails and Facebook. <laughs> um, Instagram, which is official Matthew Murray, you can contact me on there too as well. Um, if you want to send me a smoke signal or a, a, a message on a, the, the leg of a pigeon or something like that, you know, you can certainly do that as well if you want. Nah, I'm only kidding. <laughs> but yes, guys, that's how you get in touch with us. Or if you want to get some of your Murami merch. But by the way, yes, I did say this last week I was going to get that merch sorted out for the summer and get it released. I have had the final samples sent over to me there on Friday. So they will be released on the Murami store um, this week. So you can get all your merch. Uh, from the podcast, the YouTube channel, and more. Um, watch all our YouTube videos. It's like a basically a Army hub. Um, it's just moorarmy.co.uk. Some of you have been asking me as well about the summer merch. How quickly does it get delivered? Um, in the UK, guys, you normally get your t-shirts within about two to three days, working days. So it's quick, quick. Um, if you're abroad, you probably get it within about a week or so. So moorarmy.co.uk. 
um, for all your merch and stuff like that there as well. So the summer wear looks actually quite good this year. So trust me, you'll enjoy it this year. Cause we sold quite a lot last year. So it is. So I'll be wearing it on the holiday this year. <laughs> but anyway, yes, moving on. What have we got to talk about today? We've got some interesting stuff today. I was sitting there this morning with my morning coffee. Uh, and I just put the news on this morning for once. And I was sitting there looking at some of the stories that are popping up in the world right now. The world's going fucking bonkers, like, honestly. Absolutely bonkers. I actually seen them this morning. They're, part, they're trying to make a law now as well about the way, you know, your fruit and vegetables actually look on the shelf. Like, it has to look a certain way or a certain shape. Just these little nitpicky, shitty stories that I see going on in the news this morning. I'm looking at it and going, fuck me, seriously, man? What is going on with this world? But I want to get into some of the stories. Today, we're going to talk a bit more about Mr. Mister Harry, that balloon head. He was in court this week. Um, the mayor of London apparently is in hospital. Well, he, well anyway, he still is in hospital, but apparently he's had a cardiac arrest while he was away recently. Um, uh, a lot of these have been talking to me and sending me messages about Mr. Philip Schofield, who has been officially uh, shown the door, in my opinion, of the TV show This Morning on ITV. We're going to talk about that today as well. Um, things have been popping up in the news in the last 24, 48 hours in relation to the young girl, Madeleine McCann. Um, apparently there's another investigation going on at the minute about her disappearance all those years ago. Um... There's another search going on at the minute here in uh, the Algarve in Portugal. We'll talk about that shortly as well. Um, so a couple of other things I want to talk about today on the program too. So yeah, I've got a few things I want to chat about today. So strap yourself in. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> but anyway, <coughs> good morning. I'm sitting here on a Tuesday morning, guys. Chilled out. Just having a second cup of coffee before we hit record this morning. I'm just sitting here looking out the window this morning at the weather, saying to myself, right, I've got a busy day. I'm recording this this morning, actually, at 9 a.m. because uh, the kids are, well, Lewis is off to school today. Brooke's actually off today um, because she's off on study leave for her exams at the moment. Um, and she was at a wedding yesterday, by the way. I'm sure you probably saw the photograph on my Instagram. If you haven't saw it yet, go and have a look at the photograph I posted yesterday of her, guys, on my Instagram. She was at a wedding with her boyfriend, who you've seen once or twice on my vlogs on YouTube, um, she went yesterday to this wedding and she looked absolutely stunning, I put a photograph up her on Instagram so if you want to go and check it out, she looks amazing, um, you know, I still can't believe the fact that like, she's that age now and she's all grown up but she was going to that wedding yesterday so she's off today as we record this podcast this morning, she's currently still in her bed sleeping, she's exhausted from the wedding yesterday, she came in here last night about 12.30, um, brought home by her boyfriend's parents. She came in absolutely exhausted straight to bed. She says she was dancing all night and she was having fun. Her feet were killing her and she just wanted to go to bed. So got to see her for all of five minutes, which was lovely. But yes, guys, go and check out the photograph I posted on Instagram. Her, her dress was beautiful and she looked really, really well. So far, I played her. She had a great time. Um, but no, she was away. She's off today. So as I said, I'm just sitting here this morning looking out the window, debating to myself, right, I've got a, a podcast to record today. I've got work on today. I'm thinking to myself, right, I was going to go to football tonight because our under-21 team's playing tonight in uh, Castle Dawson, which is quite a far distance away from where I am. I don't think I'm going to make that game tonight, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm just going to sit here and looking out the window today, thinking to myself, right, once they get finished up with work today in the podcast, what am I going to do with myself? So I thought, you know something, I'm going to take myself out tonight for a nice walk. I'm going to stretch the legs and just 
chill out and just have a nice night. Lewis is home from school today, so I might take him with me. So I've got some stuff to put on with my YouTube channel um, from the weekend. Um, had mum and dad around there on Saturday night uh, for a bit of food and was sat and watched a bit of Saturday night TV and we just basically had a bit of a good bit of family time. Um, Tony arrived at the last minute because he was out all day as well, so he came round as well towards the end of the night. So, um, had a, good, had a pretty good night on Saturday night. Actually, it was quite good. We sat and um, I've actually invited mum and dad round for dinner. I said to him, you know, you what do you want for dinner? And they were like, um, well, you choose. And then they came around. I said, look, listen. I can cook you dinner, I can order you food, whatever you want, and they all decided to have pizza again. Me, personally, I had two slices of pizza and a cup of coffee, and I didn't really bother much, to be honest. Um, Lewis, obviously, pizza lover, scoffed at Dad, had a bit of pizza too as well, Mum had some, they had a pizza between them. Um, and we sat and watched a bit of Saturday Night TV and chilled out and had a bit of family time, and we were sitting watching, uh, what do you call that programme, Britain's, Britain's Got Talent. Which actually was quite entertaining. Actually, some of the accent that was quite good. Um, some of the stuff you see on that program is just fucking bonkers. So it is some of the things that you see on that program. Um, I think the guy there in Saturday night he was stacking up all these chairs, but they were actually being balanced on the bottom of four glass bottles. And you look at things like that, and you go, "Holy shit! Like th- this guy is incredible. Like he's just the way. He, uh, whether I, I mean, even my dad said, "Oh, those bottles are about to be rigged and all." It's like I, I they don't look rigged to me, to be honest, but. And then there was some good singing acts as well and dramatic acts as well. So it was, it was quite good. But overall, we had a good night. And when mum and dad left, I had a pretty early night. I went to bed early-ish. And then yesterday, or sorry, on Sunday, again, didn't do very much on Sunday. Uh, went out for a wee walk for a bit, came back, chilled out on Sunday night. Didn't do very much, to be honest. It was, as I say, guy, it was a pretty quiet weekend. It, was, it wasn't eventful. Um, I didn't do very much. Now, Lewis and I were out the other day there on Friday, I think it was, to check out the new Liverpool home jersey that was released the other day, by the way, guys. You'll probably know I'm a massive Liverpool fan, but now if you haven't listened to me on the cha- on this podcast before, you haven't saw my YouTube channel, I'm Liverpool Mad. Um, I saw the new Liverpool shirt at the weekend. Now, we normally get the shirt on release day, but I just wanted to bring this up here for football fans, anybody who's listening to this podcast who are football fans. The price of football shirts this season is fucking extortionate. And I'm being totally honest with you. I went into JD Sports to have a look at this shirt with Lewis. Now, we all know what it was going to look like because obviously we've seen the samples and all this here stuff, you know. So I said to Lewis when we were out on Friday, we come on, I've been here and have a look at this shirt. Now, every year, guys, if you watch my YouTube channel regularly, you see every single year we always get the new shirt on shirt day. We call it new shirt day. Here in the Moor household, we call it new shirt day. Every year we get a brand new Liverpool home shirt. We've done it for years. Went into the shop the other day and had a look at the shirt. Shirt's lovely. I want the shirt. I eventually will get the shirt. But fuck me, guys. Like, 80 quid for a shirt? And that and there's the thing that pisses me off, right? It's £80 for that shirt. Then they have another shirt, which is the home shirt as well, which is called a player shirt. 110 quid for a fucking shirt. And I'm like, What? Hot. If you go on the, the Liverpool's name, catch your bit by Nike. When you go on the Nike's website, the player shirt is £120. Plus, they still look fucking 5 95 for postage as well. You think they would give you free postage? Next day delivery for that type of shirt and money you're paying for a fucking shirt? 
the prices of football shirts are absolutely extortionate. So they are extortionate. You know, fucking 80 quid for a shirt. It's like, what? Even for Lewis, it's like 65 quid. 70 quid for Lewis. And I'm thinking to myself, and you wonder why there's a lot of people out there who prefer to go to the black market to get their shirts. Because of the price of these shirts. Liverpool shirts have been up in price so much since Nike came, over, came in. And, you know, as a Liverpool fan, it, it, it's great to have like a big sponsor like Nike on board. But my good God, see in the last four or five years, Liverpool became more, became more commercial than anything else. I mean, all their deals with Gucci and Levi's and I recently Converse shoes and, you know, all these different things they're doing. It's like the club's just trying to bring in money like a fucking fashion show. Like a catwalk than anything else. I mean, the photographs from the kit launch, fuck me, man, the trousers them boys were wearing. Even, I know golfers wear crazy colour trousers and stuff like that, but my God, you wouldn't even put them on. You know, if you were paid to do it, I don't know why I wouldn't do it like, but the, oh, they're shocking. But I was just out there the other day looking at that shirt with Lewis, and I said to Lewis, like, oh my, like, seriously, 80, I even said to the wee girl who works in the shop, 80 quid for a Liverpool shirt? Like that's near doubled in price compared to whenever whenever I was a kid. Liverpool shirts were normally about thirty-four ninety-nine, thirty-five, forty quid pushing it at the most, depending on where you want to buy your shirt. That's fucking double the price. And you and then you think to yourself as well, look at the amount of money that them clubs are making every day. I've talked about this before on my YouTube channel and talked maybe maybe talked about it on the podcast, I don't know. But when I go to Liverpool matches regularly, the amount of money that Superstore lifts in that ground on match day is unbelievable. Unbelievable the amount of money those shops lift. And not even just that, on their website, worldwide shopping, sponsors, the amount of money them clubs are making that is scandalous. It's crazy money. It's mad money. Absolutely mad Mad money. But I just looked at that shirt the other day, and I know me, I'll probably end up giving in fucking buying the thing anyway, but it's the fact of having to part with 80 quid to buy a bloody shirt. That's I'll probably wear maybe 15 times in a year. When I'm watching the Liverpool game on a live reaction video in the house here, or I'm at Anfield, or... You know, it's just... It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But it was out of that there at the weekend, had a look at it and thought, you know, something dumb. But speaking of Liverpool, and obviously there's a lot of people out there who, who are not big football fans, I'll move away from football in just a sec. I'll get on to the subjects at hand. Um, You know, Liverpool Liverpool were playing at the weekend there. We drew one each from Aston Villa. Bobby Firmino's last game. James, Mil- James Milner's last game. Um, Naby Keita and Oxlade-Chamberlain weren't playing. Fucking too injury prone, in my opinion. To be honest with you, they should have been gone last season. I don't know why they were still sticking around. They didn't even play a handful of games, most of the two of them. But they all four left the club at the weekend there. And it was sad to see, especially the bit at the end where you seen Bobby stand at the cop and they were all singing his name when he was crying and stuff. So uh, we met Bobby Firmino. He's actually in our vlog. <laughs> They're actually in our vlog from a lot of years ago. We went to a preseason game at Anfield and he came over and he took Brooks' phone off and was taking selfies with us. And he signed Lewis's shirt and, you know, Fabino signed his shirt as well. So. Um, that was a good night. We ended up in front. We actually ended up in the front page of the Liverpool Echo paper. We were losing my shoulders, no shirt on that night. <laughs> it was actually quite funny. Um, yeah, no, Bobby from all them boys are now gone from the club. Liverpool have to rebuild for next season. 
but we shall see how it goes over the summer. I'm hoping to bring in the right signings because, to be quite honest with you, if we don't, then we're gonna there's gonna be another gap building even bigger there between ourselves and the likes of the Man Cities and the Arsenal's and whatnot. So it's gonna be uh, difficult to try and rebuild again. Hopefully, bring us in the right players and stuff. So fingers crossed. But the football season ends. Uh, the Premier League season ends this weekend, this Sunday. And then we've got the FA Cup final, the Champions League final coming up as well, the Europa League final, the Conference League final, with some cheering on West Ham in that final, by the way. Big shout out to Adam, my friend Adam from the ASAP podcast, which I was on last summer. Um, the boys from Lurgan, they are, well, he's, an, he's a big West Ham fan, so he'll be uh, no doubt trying his best to get a ticket for that, or if not, trying to get a, a, some type of thing set up for West Ham, cheering him on the final that night. I'll be certainly cheering them on, obviously, because they deserve to get to the final this year. But anyway, yes, enough about football. Moving away from football. Let's get on to the the, the things at hand. And, you know, I've got a couple of things I want to talk about today on the podcast, which is floating around in the news today. So let's get into some of the main stories. I know you're probably all probably fed up hearing about these fucking twats, but Harry Harry's back in the news again today. But it's funny news this time, for my opinion. He's lost his legal challenge over the security arrangements in the UK for him. He lost his court case. Boo-hoo, Harry lost. Ah, oh, well. He'll run between, with his tail between his legs back to his little wifey in America. There's a lot of people turned against this, this couple now. Now, I don't, I don't even know why we talked about it last week's podcast. About the whole situation about Harry and Meghan's little uh, incident with the car. Where apparently there, were, there was a car chase around New York City and it was all tragic and whatever else. In my opinion, it was a little bullshit. Even the taxi driver whose cab, that they call them cabs, they were in, said that it wasn't as what they made it out to be. Load of shit. Drama queens, looking for attention. I'm tired of talking about these people. A lot of you contacted me over the weekend asked about that car, big supposed car chase. Like, even the mayor of New York has come out and said something about that. Little, little balls. It's come out in the news today that apparently he has lost his battle against the Home Office and his security... Well, what does he expect? The guy the guy is crucifying the royal family left, right and centre. And that made me fucking sick the other day. This actually made me sick, the fact that, like... Was it her, Megan? Or was it somebody... Oh, one of their wee spokesperson said in their statement from them too that apparently that thing had happened in New York triggered him the incident like the incident that happened to his mum back in 97 what type of sick individuals are these people like they're all over the news and these are the people who claim that they want privacy and they're never out of the fucking news and they're always in the spotlight you know what I mean they're always in the spotlight saying oh I want privacy but I'll make a documentary on my private life yeah seriously and that's all the news today that he's lost his court case. So I'll be on our boohoo. I'll be on our book coming to your shells soon by Christmas, guys. Harry loses his court case. Been our book coming for him and our multi-million pound deal for books again. Are they going to do an episode of their podcast that they can pay 30 million for? What's the main? How many episodes? One? Two? Like, I do this podcast for free. And... I you don't hear me fucking bitching many episodes have I done? I can't even remember now. 
So the, 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 these these people just the, 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 people send me every week emails and stuff and messages. I read them all the time on Instagram saying like you know there's no Harry and Megan story for you this week. Well, I think they're updated again. What are they going to say about this week? That car thing in New York last week just just pissed me off. I just want that's bullshit. I, I I always say to my friends and stuff, I smell bullshit a mile away, and those two are just complete. Oh, living the wee bubble. Honest to God, see her. He he for his own well being and future, he needs to kick her to the curb, or she'll probably kick him to the curb for some millionaire somewhere. Where you say it's coming, it's coming a mile away. You can see it. But the fact that they even brought up the words Princess Diana the other, the other day, I think it was either a statement from one of their, their wee representations or one of them little fucking pencil pushers, the one that carry the wee folders under their arms and get paid loads of money for doing basically fuck all, like a BBC upper management person, you know, one of the ones that walk around, they wee millennials that walk around with their wee clipboard under their arm, thinking they can click their fingers and everybody runs after them. If you stand up to them and say no to them, they get easily offended, boo-hoo and cry and, you know, say you're offensive or you're being this or being that. Yeah, no one of them ones I'm talking about. Yeah. On the TV the other day, talking about it and saying that it triggered him and all this here, like Princess Diana. Let me tell you something. I could talk about Princess Diana on this podcast all day. I'd probably get kicked off the fucking earth for what I say about the whole Princess Diana thing because I know my view of it is, and I've even spoke to people personally in person about it. You know, because I've met people on the street who've asked me about my podcast, saying, "Oh, I love it when you when you rip off, you rip into Harry and Meghan." You know, what was your view on Princess Diana's uh, Princess Diana's? death and stuff and I tell them straight but I know if I went into it on this podcast I'd probably get reported by some woke dope who is just a complete window licker and will probably be like say oh he's offensive oh he's hurting feelings cancel or the YouTube channel will be shut down because of what I have to say about it all but at the end of the day these two morons are still in the news and I'm fed up talking about them so I'm going to move on because <laughs> I'm tired of talking about them because they're just looking for attention and every time I'm going to see them on TV now click, click off the remote control yep just click it off because I can't even bother looking at them but I was looking at something this morning guys in the news Cardiff I know of a lot of listeners out there who are from Wales um, things kicking off in Cardiff last night riots in Cardiff um, after uh, you know just flicking through the story here this morning and seeing a wee bit of it on the news this morning. You know, rap breaks out as violent, violent Balaclava Wern thugs torch cars and attack police fireworks after a serious car crash. Hundreds of thugs in Balaclava set fire uh, the cars and throw fireworks at police in the night as chaos kick off in Cardiff. Riders took the residential street in the suburb of is it Eli, E-L-Y, Monday night. Um, and it all just kicked off. Two teenage boys died in a serious car crash uh, around 6pm before the rap broke out. Police confirmed. Vandals were seen smashing cars' windows, turning vehicles into, onto their sides before setting them afire as tires exploded when the rubbish and mattresses were thrown onto fuming flames. Fucking hell, man. What's going on in Cardiff today? My God, they're going mad. Like, I thought Cardiff was a nice place to I was in Cardiff not that long ago. Last September, I was in Cardiff with Lewis. We had a great time in Cardiff. But it's so sad to hear about those two young ones passing away in a car crash, like, but... Oh, it's, uh... That's not a good thing, guys. I mean, I have a lot of people who contact me from Wales all the time. You know, and I met some of my, my Welsh viewers 
in Cardiff when we were over for WWE Clash at the Castle in the Principality Stadium, Millennium Stadium, I call it still. But uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, absolutely crazy. But just looking at some of the pictures here on my phone as I'm recording the podcast here now, it's just pff, looks like something will happen over here in the troubles. It's fucking mad. Moving on. Um, Mr. Sadiq Khan, who I don't talk about very much on this podcast because I personally think he's a fucking arsehole. That's just being totally honest. Um, those be cycle lanes throughout London and all this bullshit that he does. Um, apparently he had a cardiac arrest. Um, why he was away. Um, it says here he suffered a heart attack while attending a climate change conference in Scotland. He was, uh, what was he, he's 52 now. Uh, how the, the minor cardiac arrest, why he was on stage at the COP26 in Glasgow. Sorry, he revealed how he had a minor cardiac arrest, why on stage at COP26 in Glasgow. Hmm. Well, I don't know why it says it actually had one now, or it's been actually recently. November 10th, 2012. Oh my goodness. Well, it's come out in the news today, I mean, apparently he's had cardiac arrest. Um, well, I don't think it's today. Actually, it's just come out. Obviously, it's it's happened. This COP twenty six thing, which I had an opinion on months ago on this podcast about that. They're all them fucking prime ministers and people flying in about climate change and all there, but they're all flying in, in their private jets and everything else. Make no sense. But Sadiq Khan, I mean, I I I've nothing to say about that man because again, he's another one of those f- politicians who, in my opinion, doesn't do anything good for London. Um. I know people who who contact me regularly here on the podcast from London saying that London's a mess, too many cycle lanes, um, and you know how I feel about cyclists running around with their tight shorts and their GoPros in their head, running around thinking they own the fucking roads, you know, and I mean, I was in the car a few weeks ago with a friend of mine and we were laughing at them, you know, going past with their wee GoPros in their head and the wee cycle shorts, no one of them little lefty fucking grammar educated snooty snobs who drive around in their wee cycling shorts and their wee GoPros and think that the, work, the road's all theirs and everything else, yeah, I don't think so, uh, those type of people, you know what I mean, sip the sam- uh, ship, uh, I'm speak this morning, sip their champagne and think the world revolves around them, them type of people, I don't like them. But that's just me. You can call me a stereotype all you want, but I'm just speaking how I feel about it all. But anyway, yes, uh, it's come out the news today, apparently, that uh, Mr. Khan had a cardiac arrest. So, but there you go. Moving on, guys. Now, one of the main stories that's been popping up around the UK over the last couple of days was the man himself. Uh, this this, this is another one who, I'll be honest with you, I'm gonna, I want to tell you a story here. I, I used to watch this guy back in the day, in the early 90s, when I was a kid. Um, and then the ladies as well whenever he was doing like Gordon the Gopher and he was doing all the presenting for all these music awards like I remember doing the, the presenting because it was, it was a lot of months ago when I, I if you're a regular follower of my, my, my YouTube channel you, you'd seen that vlog I put up months ago where I, I was sitting in the kitchen with Brick I think it was last year I was putting in old cassette tapes into a VHS player we were watching back Tony when he was starting his first day in primary one and my first day in secondary school and Showing different wee clips and stuff like that. There, I actually found an old videotape from, um, it was just TV recordings from back in the day on an old cassette tape, and one of them was actually the Smash Hit Award from I think it was ninety three maybe, and it was hosted by this guy Philip Schofield. Now you all know Philip Schofield's been around the block for a long, long time, and he's been in the news the last while or so. But I start losing any type of respect I have for him 
in the last couple of years whenever I found out what he was doing behind his wife's back and obviously all the COVID bullshit and all the crap that he was feeding. Now, I wasn't a big fan. He was a host of This Morning for 21 years. Now, I've watched This Morning now and again, flicking in and out over the last, I don't know, many decades, whatever. Not a massive fan of it. If, say, one of my favourite actors was on it or something like that, then certainly I would... You know, jump in to watch what they're up to, like a David Jason or an Adrian Edmondson or something like that. But so we won't talk about Charlie and Adrian Edmondson actually because I got some news about him. Um, you know, somebody who I enjoy watching or something I want to see. Uh, you know, I, I, I tune in to watch it. But then over the last couple of years with Philip Schofield, all the controversy about you know coming out as gay behind his wife's back, his wife didn't have anything to do about it, didn't know nothing about it. All this stuff here, but it's actually really made me cross about it all. You know, at the end of the day, why stay with someone for so fucking long if you think you're either don't want to be with them or you're gay or whatever else? Why stay with the person so long? That's my opinion on it. Then, uh, all the COVID shit with him and Holly, which really fucking pissed me off. You know, they were all sitting separated from the HR on the sofa and they were like, I can't wait to I hug you again. I can't wait. Oh. And then, like, two days later, they're sitting at the fucking Wimbledon tennis together. Super glued detour. There's photographs of them behind the scenes after the interview and people all hugging and standing beside each other. Didn't make no fucking sense. Load of shite. Um, but recently now, all this other shit that's been going on, he's been in the news constantly, controversy, there's rumours going around that apparently he was, I don't know whether this is true or not, like, don't quote me on this, but apparently he was trying on with one of the wee young guys behind the scenes and uh, this morning and all this other crap. And then recently, him and Holly... Holly Willoughby, or as I watch her from the programme Celebrity Juice, the adult-themed game show here in the UK, as you run, Keith Lemon called her Holly Willoughby because of her big chest. But, well, it's another story for another day. Um, you know, I can't stop calling her that now, but since he started calling her back in the day, Holly Willoughby. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. That show got cancelled because it's too extreme, because the woke dopes didn't like it anymore and they didn't want that show cancelled. I thought that show was funny. To a degree, got a little bit stale towards the end, but even so, when it's heyday, it was funny. Some of the stuff they came off with, but then again, they easily offended or obviously boohooing and crying because it offends them about it. But anyway, it's normal one's been cancelled. But yeah, this week, Mr. Schofield, over the weekend there, sorry, has left the programme after 21 years. He is gone. Whether he was pushed, shoved, or agreed to go, the bottom line is he's gone. And there's a lot of people out there who I've been reading, flicking through social media over the last couple of days, have, are actually glad to see the back of him. People, now there's a lot of people coming forward as well. Even big name celebrities have been coming forward saying how much of a, a, a jackass that he is off camera. You know, what he's like, how uncomfortable they felt when they were being interviewed by him on this morning. You know, all the different things. People have been coming out and saying all these different stories and breaking about him. But the way I look at this here is, right, if, if someone, like, why do all these stories seem to come out about someone after they've been sacked or after they've passed away or something like that there? You know, it's like all these, like, give you an example, all the stories about all these different weirdos from back in the day, you know, like, for example, like the Jimmy Savills or whatever the world, people are coming out and saying, oh, but he's done this to me and done that to me, but why didn't you come forward at the time? I know obviously back in that, that Pacific time it all happened, it was a different world and you couldn't speak out more and people didn't really listen to you because they probably thought, oh, she's just, he or she's just trying to get a quick buck or a quick pound or two out of this celebrity or whatever. But now, the world we live in now, if there's enough evidence there to back you up, come forward. It's like I was talking about the other week, or like bullying, come forward and talk about it. So a lot of people have been coming out over the last sort of 48, 
72 hours saying that you know he's, he's this he's that and he's uncomfortable to work with and all this here crap and then it was like okay well why didn't you say it's like fucking two years ago or three years ago when he done to you you know what i mean speak up say something but he's gone now and what now here's another thing to he hosts other shows on ITV like Dancing on Ice and things like that is he going to be on those programs because he hosted it with Holly I don't think he's going to be there anymore to be quite honest with you um, what is he now 61 so he is so is he going to be there now still I don't know um, but a, a, a lot of people seem to be happy that he's gone me personally I couldn't give a monkeys you know I obviously was annoyed what he'd done with his wife and Obviously, he's got two daughters and stuff there as well about the whole gay thing. And then, obviously, that stuff during COVID just made my fucking teeth itch. Where I was just looking at him going, you are a moron, mate. Like, seriously, you are a complete and total fucking moron. You're sitting there away from her on the sofa saying, oh, social distancing and all. And she's sitting there going, oh, I can't wait to see you again, Philip, and hug you. And what was one point she said, I'm going to lick your face. Who would? And then, the next minute, they're sitting behind the scenes taking photos with their guests and hugging and sitting at Wimbledon Tennis right next super glued to each other and oh and the next Monday after that they're sitting so separated on the sofa again what a load can't the, 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 the more faces and there's a clock here in Northern Ireland called the Albert Clock in Belfast it's like a mini version of Big Ben I always say there's more faces than the fucking Albert Clock four four faces he's at more faces than enough and a lot of people have been saying over the last couple of days as well, on all different aspects, all across social media, the news, everything else, that he, he's two-faced, he's not a nice person, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, me personally, I couldn't give him monkeys. And that's just being totally honest. I couldn't give him monkeys whether he's gone or not. And that's just the way it is. That's how I feel about it. And I think he's... he's he, I don't lose any sleep over it. But I've had a lot of people asking me on Instagram, especially the last couple of days, what's your view on Philip? Like I asked you the other day, two days ago, to send me in some questions. Some of you have been sending me in questions about Philip Schofield. What's your view on it? You know, do you think he should have been sacked? Do you think he was pushed? Do you think he was sent? I couldn't care less. But at the end of the day, he's in the news and he's gone. And that's 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 the thing. He's gone. And people are talking about it and it's all, everywhere you go. But... It's it, it it's just people keep saying, you know, and then Holly Willoughby's made a statement about it too as well, saying that you know, she feels the sofa is not gonna be the same with anyone this morning. Then I actually enjoyed this yesterday. I think it was yesterday morning on the breakfast show. I saw this on Facebook last night. Somebody posted this last night. Good old Eamon Holmes here from Northern Ireland. Eamon Holmes is a, in my opinion a, a fantastic classy old school presenter he knows the game this guy has been around the block so many times it's unbelievable they the itv fucked that man over big time and he's on the breakfast show now on gb news and he made a point yesterday to say the truth about eamon home or not eamon home's about phil schofield and he said that holly willoughby is fake you know and even they were critics at the start of this morning program yesterday monday they don't know who well i wouldn't even call it a fucking tribute when someone's at a show for 21 years you think you would do like a video package montage of their their best bits and whatever else itv didn't even do that they had fucking your man uh what do you call him from here i can't remember his name and the two presenters sitting there and they just said oh thank you for everything thanks for it now good presenter you know you're good at your job blah 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 it's like 21 years you only get a video package of your best bits of your month like what the fuck 
I think ITV were glad to get rid of him, to be honest with you, the headache. But Holly's come out actually in the news today and says that she knows the truth about Schofield and she actually blasted um, Eamon Holmes on his rant. Well, to be quite honest with you guys, I watched and he was just telling the truth. I've been sitting here for the last three and a half, four years and I'm going to tell you a few home truths here, guys. See, since all this COVID shit started in 2020, I all these morons were taking advantage of us, the, the, the likes of the politicians and the celebrities and, you know, all these people. It was like one rule for them, one rule for us. You know, they could go out and do what they wanted and, you know, they were classes, all that, you know, they could do what they wanted, even when they had TV shows. Like, for example, Graham Norton. He presents a show on the old fucking BBC and he was doing a show with no audience and all and people all spaced out in chairs and all and then as soon as they finished recording they were all backstage hugging and oh yeah come on we're the BBC we could do whatever the fuck and all these celebrities and politicians I've been saying this for four years like I remember sitting here many a night with mum and dad with the time when I was a Sandra at the time just sitting there telling them all you know listen this is all going to come out these these bullshitters are going to be found out weeded out and see in the next four or five years they'll be gone you know they'll be gone off tv they'll be sacked and everybody will, the public will get fed up with them and they'll kick them to the curb they'll outvote all these politicians they'll get rid of all these celebrities who think that the world span around them and this is exactly what's happening look it's been happening all these ones that sat and fed all that bullshit to you and took advantage and all and thought they were bigger than us. Like Har- <laughs> the whole thing with Philip Schofield again and, and uh, Holly. The time of the Queen's passing, the time of the, the, the whole controversy of them bunking the queue because they used their celebrity status to get to the front of the line. Yeah, do you remember that? I remember that very, very, very well. So there you go. And, and it's all starting to come into fruition now. As the old saying goes, what goes around comes around. And a man who I've known for a lot of years now, who I haven't seen him for a while, always used to say to me, Matthew, if somebody does something bad to you, you always get them in the long grass. You always, what goes around comes around. And even my late grandmother used to say to me all the time too as well, God always pays back those who do bad to you. Or do bad to others. And she's right. And all these people now, even especially during the COVID and all, because they thought they were celebrities and politicians and all this shit, they're all slightly old, day by day. They're all getting fe- f- uh, found out and weeded out. You know, I mean, like, there's a thing, like all them morons used to see on the TV two, three years ago, stand on our TV screens, night in, night out, saying, you must stay at home, you must do this, you must do that. Where are all they now? The Chris Whitties of the world and all them morons, where are they all now? And all them celebrities who used to sit on their TV shows and preach to you and stuff and all. Where are they now? They're either sacked or they're all found out. or You know, do you ever get... And I don't know about you guys out there, but I always get a feeling when I look at someone sometimes and I look at them and go, yeah, or something about them I don't like. And maybe, maybe it be a year, five years, ten years, whatever, down the line, and then it happens and you go, I was right about that one. You know what I mean? But again... It's these celebrities out there, some of them, now don't get me wrong, there are celebrities out there who are genuine, nice people. And but the way the world is now, people don't like straight shooting, straight talking, com- comedians and, and celebrities and all now because of the way the world is now. 
but it's, the normal people are starting to fight back now against these woke tards I call them they are they're fighting back against these woke tards now because these ones these people who are running around cancelling and saying you can't say this you can't say that you can't go here you can't do this here and all these celebrities you think they're bigger it's all going to turn back around again because the world will get pissed with it people will get pissed at it and it'll all change back so back to like Philip Schofield and all who was sitting during COVID lockdowns and you know all this bullshit that he was spooling off and then all the crap about his wife and, and apparently he was gay and behind his wife's back over 20 years and all this here stuff it's all coming around what goes around comes around so there you go but yes, let's keep an eye on the on the Philip Schofield thing. He'll probably end up popping up somewhere on Sky or something. Or maybe he'll, he'll go back to the BBC. Because he'll fit well in nursery with all those fucking balloon heads. Don't even get me started on the BBC. Oh, some of the stuff I've seen coming out of, the, out of those the last couple of weeks has just made my stomach turn. And again, as I said at the start of this broadcast, we've got a lot of people walking around, little young ones who are thinking they're better than everybody with their wee folders under their arms and their pens in their hair and they're walking around living in their own wee bubble don't even get me started on it but there you go so yeah that's that's the whole philip schofield thing going on at the minute now here's the thing i want to talk about this now i want to see if it's one before going to your questions and stuff today guys the, the madeline mccann situation now you know we madeline mccann missing how many years ago was it 15, 16 years ago, maybe more. I don't know. I can't remember the exact day. I should have looked at it. I actually wrote it down before working on the air today. Um, there's a new police investigation that's now come out in uh, a remote reservoir on the Algarve in Portugal. There was a thing come out there a couple of months ago, but this actually made me fucking sick. Some wee girl come out out of nowhere and was claiming that she was Madeleine McCann. Obviously, it was found out that obviously she's not, but like some sick individuals in the world will do things like that. It's just fucking wrong. Here's the thing. Now, this is my view on it. You know what I mean? This is my view on it. Because see, see the likes of social media and stuff, especially Instagram, all these news stories, where people tag me and stuff all the time, saying, talk about this in the podcast, talk about that in the podcast, talk about this, talk about that. What's your view on this? What's your view on that? The Madeleine McCann situation is simple. In my opinion, obviously, it's heartbreaking. The child's gone. You know, whoever wants to lose a child. I mean, I'm so protective over my two, it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? There's some parents out there who are not as protective. I could get into this discussion all day about parenting and whatnot, which I'm not going to. I know what I have to do as a parent. I know how to be a parent because I've been a parent for nearly 18 years now. So, But this child, well, this is what the story I've been told and everybody else knows of. This child was left in a hotel room in Portugal and mum and dad were, I don't know what they were doing that night, but then she disappeared and she has never been found and there's a whole big investigation going on exactly where she is. She's never been found. You know, and then obviously as the years have went by, you know, people have been saying like, you know, she's been spotted here, she's been spotted there. Is she still alive? Is she dead? You know, what's the situation? What's going on? You know, all the questions need to be answered over this last lot of years and then that, fucking thing came up that wee girl claiming she was mad I seen that recently a few months ago and that made me sick to my stomach you know and then now there's a new investigation opened up you know going on about searching more places in Portugal to try and find her remains you know it's like a girl here in Northern Ireland who went missing a long time ago in 2005 she went missing I think it was 2005 18 years ago Um, Lisa Dornan who went to a caravan park here in Northern Ireland 
with friends, to have a weekend away with her friends, be a bit of a party in the caravan, whatever else, and then she disappeared, has never been found since. Similar situation, just disappeared completely, has never been found. You know, the family have been searching for, de- for I would say, well, in our two years, it'll be two decades since she's gone. You know, people are calling call out for remains to be handed back. So any information about it at all, you know, please give it to the family, give it to the police, whatever. But again, it's just, this, this Madame McCann case just seems to be opened up again and it's going on and on and on and on and on. And it, you know, I've had a lot of people, you know, say to me over the years, you know, what about the parents? They've been investigated about it. And I, what about the people in the hotel? What about the people? But most importantly, the parents are the parents being investigated about this whole situation, you know. And I'm saying to myself, you could ask all these questions, you could come up with all these different scenarios, but at the end of the day, a child is still missing. Now she obviously wouldn't be a child now. I don't even know what age, what age was Madeline McCann at the time. She was still a wee young thing, you know. She'd probably be well into her twenties now. Like, if she was still alive, people ask me all the time, you know. Do you think she's probably still alive? You know, if I, the subject ever comes up in a conversation, people always say, "Do you think she's still alive?" My answer would probably normally be, "No, she's not. The child's probably long gone now, and she'll probably never be found." Which is sad, you know, for the parents. But again, everybody has their opinion on it. Everybody has their view on it. Everybody sort of says, you know, their 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 opinion on it, and say, you know. Who would have took her away? Was it staff from the hotel? You know, was it a kidnapper, a general, or was it someone who was staying at the hotel? People even have even said to me over the years, do you think that maybe the parents had killed the child and have took the child away and the child will never be found? I, I, honestly, I don't know. But seeing here today that this case is reopened again and they're, they're doing another search again, it's sad because, I mean, okay, you always hear stories about bodies reappearing after years and years and years and years and years. For example, I was watching a documentary the other day on 9-11, and they were saying that, like, I don't know how many bodies it was, couldn't have been identified or weren't identified or weren't even found from that day of 9-11 at, at the Twin Towers in New York. You know? And I was watching a documentary on it the other day. It was brought out by... Uh, CBS or something in America brought it out and it was on YouTube and I was just flicking through the other night and I found it and thought oh because I'm, I'm really intrigued about 9-11 I'm really into that you know I, I read things about it I've read books about it I've even been to Ground Zero after it happened you know in 2004 I was there when it was just a hole in the ground it was just an eerie 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 feeling being there Um, you know I, I've studied 9-11 for years you know, even before 9-11 happened, New York was always a place in my mind where I always, even from a small boy, I always learned, taught myself stuff about it and read up, read books about it and studied it and the history of New York. And, and then obviously when 9-11 happened, it really hurt me because obviously I was such a passion for the, for the place. And when I went there in 2004, not that I got to do very much there, but I am going to make a point to go back there and do more next time. Um, when I went there in two thousand four, when I went to Ground Zero, it broke my heart. I just stood there and I was, oh, I was heartbroken, like to see that hole in that ground, knowing the fact that all those people died that day. But again, the point I'm trying to make here is, you know, there's bodies that day were never found. They'll probably never be, never be identified, never be found. 
And again, this is about the whole Madeleine McCann thing. You know, I don't think the wee girl will ever be found. Which is sad. Not just because she's just a child. It's the fact that it's a, it's a human being who hasn't been found. But the ongoing investigation is going on again. And it's... It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's just... It's just me personally, if I was the parent, I would say I would hope for the child to be found, but and obviously get the child a proper burial, led the rest or whatever else, you know. But you just don't know. It's sad, but I'll keep a close eye on it over the next few days. And anything pops up, I'll uh, I'll certainly uh, you know, keep you posted on it. Now, I want to go into some of your questions here, guys, before I head down the road for Tuesday's episode here today. So I'll open up. I've got my computer here. You probably heard a ping in there a few minutes ago in the background. Um, I've got some all the stuff opened up today. I'm actually very organised today for once, which is great. So I am. So right, I want to go into your emails first of all, which is moorarmypodcast at yahoo.com. Thank you for all your emails, for this guys. I do appreciate it. Uh, right, let's get into one here first of all from Nicola. Nicola is from. Let's have a look here and see where a bit of an email here. It doesn't say where she's from. Oh, anyway, Nicola writes to me. Hi Matthew, how you doing? Hope you're keeping well. Just wanted to ask you a couple of questions as a parent. No problem. Um, kids today in school, in my opinion, have no respect. I have been a school teacher for almost 15 years in Northern Ireland and find that this, this day and age today in this generation is the most hardest to teach. They are so can be so disrespectful, so egotistical. The stuff that they bring into school, i.e. mobile phones, etc., in my opinion, is a bad influence on them. The stuff they watch online, which is influencing them wrongly and is affecting their education and their future ahead. Can I get your thoughts on your experience as a school pupil? Also, your experiences as a, a parent, if your children were stepping out of line, being disrespectful towards teachers, members of staff, and more. I find today, sometimes I feel like quitting my job as a teacher because it is very, very difficult because pupils nowadays are so hard to deal with. Not that I'm saying all pupils are like this, but some can be like this. They are so hard to deal with and so hard to teach at times because they're too easily distracted by mobile phones and also social media. What's your view on this? Thanks for taking the time to read my email. Not a problem at all. Um, oh, that's, that, that, that's a subject actually I was talking about <laughs> with, with, with Brooke about a month ago. I would hate to be a school teacher now. I really would hate to be a school teacher. And I don't use that word often, hate. I would hate to be a school teacher. Some young ones nowadays in this generation are the most evil, nasty, narcissistic, vindictive wee shits. Now, it's unbelievable. Now, you want to know about my experience with being... Ha, let me tell you, I'll tell you a few stories about school. And for any of you young listeners out there who listen to me, because I know I get a lot of teenage listeners out there, let me tell you something. You would not survive in my generation. And I'll tell you what, you wouldn't even survive in the generation before me. Because when I went to school, the way some of you ones out there speak to teachers now, you'd have got your ass whooped by the teacher. And then they would have phoned your parents. And then your parents would have come up and they would have kicked your ass as well. Yes, every generation has these class clowns and ones that think they're Billy Big Balls and all this here and think they're funny and think they know it all and all this here. It's going to be going on for the rest of the time the world exists. 
There's always a class clown, somebody who thinks they're going against the grain and blah, blah. Let me tell you something now. I was in a class in, in secondary school or high school with a lot of boys who now who thought at the time they were really big balls and they thought they were all this and they were all that and they were all hard men and all and they're now either in jail they're either druggies or alcoholics or they're in the cemetery because they think that the world spun around them and they thought they were all big and tough and hard and they're all now in places where you kind of knew back then they were going to go down that route because, again, it's unbelievable. And today's ones now get away with fucking murder. Like, I was talking to a girl there last night, actually, and we were talking about that, the way teenagers now get away with fucking murder. In our day, you'd have got your ass kicked. You'd have been grounded for months, and you wouldn't have saw a friend, you wouldn't have had a mobile phone, you wouldn't have been out the door. And I think nowadays this is where the world is going soft. I'm not saying encouraging them all to kick teenagers' asses. I'm just saying be more firm with them. Make laws for them to teach them manners and respect because in my opinion, a lot of them nowadays don't have it. And I'm not saying this thinking, oh, he's just being a grumpy old parent and all, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. It's a fucking reality check. And this teacher's just emailed me today and I'm reading, I'm responding to her. And I feel so sorry for her having to put up with little ball bags like that, a little dickheads like that who are running around thinking that they can speak whatever way they want. And if a teacher tries to reprimand them or whatever, especially now where they're, if you say the wrong thing, oh, you're offending me. You're hurting my feelings. I'm going to go on to social media and name and shame you. And Seriously. Now, I had a run-in a couple of years ago whenever Brooke was being bullied badly. We were getting a lot of trolls on the internet and stuff like that. And a lot of these big dickheads thought they were funny. And we had to move Brooke's school because of it. It's all documented on my YouTube channel, so I'll talk about it. I'm not giving any names, of course, like because for legal reasons and whatnot. But anyway, these 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 wee wee fuckers from her first school obviously told their wee crony mates up at their new school. And fair play to the new school, they didn't put up with that crap because the principal was old school, and he didn't put up with that bullshit. And I thought it was great. He pretty much brought the bullies into into the, the office. Busted their balls, phoned the teachers, obviously suspended and whatnot. But I was called in a meeting one time in the school, and I thought this was awesome. And a lot of young ones out there are probably listening to this now and going, oh, Matthew, you're just being a fucking dickhead. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I thought this was awesome. I was sitting in a room in the school with one of the boys who was bullying my daughter severely, with his dad, and me, and the principal, and the vice principal, and one of the teachers. Right? And this little boy who thought he was Billy Big Balls obviously got himself suspended or whatever it was, I can't remember, either suspended or he got himself in trouble for it. His dad took him outside into the car park afterwards after he knew what he'd do with bullying a girl especially. Hit him a slapper in the ear hole, took his mobile, his £300 iPhone and smashed it to pieces in the car park. Took him home and why he was taking him to the car was booting him up the ass and put him in the car and he made him come into school the next or whatever next day he was back in again and he made him apologize to my daughter and not just one of your typical wee teenager apologies were like sorry mate uh, 
he made him sincerely apart and that wee lad was grounded for a long time. So he lost his phone, he was grounded and he was punished and he got a boot up the arse and a clip around the ear. And I, I actually applauded the dad for that because, you know something, if my kids were doing the same, I would take their mobile phones. If they were bullying people, I'd take their £300 phones and break them. I've done it before. When Brooke was, what, 11, 10, 10 or 11 maybe, I told her she wasn't to have certain apps on her phone. For example, social media, things like that, because she was too young. And we were at mum and dad's house one afternoon, and I found apps on her phone, and I took her phone out the back, and I broke up I broke up with dad's hammer, right in front of her. And she squealed, and I told her, I warned you. Then, a while back after that, again, she was doing it again, I took her phone off her, and I broke it. This is the problem nowadays, guys, with these young ones now. They've just no respect for anybody. And this teacher's just emailed me today saying that she was actually considering quitting her fucking job that she's probably worked her ass off for to get. She's worked her tail off to become a school teacher. To have little scumbags like that probably push her to the point where she's had enough now. She doesn't say why it's primary school or high school or whatever she's teaching in or university or whatever. I, I'm not pointing the finger at every every pupil. Not every pupil's like that, but there is ones out there nowadays and they know how to work the system and then when they try and get themselves in trouble, they boo-hoo and cry like big Ginny Ann's and they use the, the whole, oh, you're offending me now. I'm so offended. You're hurting my feelings. Snowflake mode. So, but sorry for going on about this subject a little bit here, but no, it's just the fact that like, now I've even got school teachers email me in, so... Listen, thanks for your email, I appreciate it. And again, I just wish the schools would be more firm when it comes to bullying and we arseholes who just think they're worth... Listen, I tell my kids all the time, my kids are no angels either, and I've said to them, see, at the end of the day, you're jeopardising your own future. You're jeopardising your own education by getting on like this. And most importantly, if you want to have a good job, you got to work your ass off for it. Now, there's my Brooke, who is going to be going into be a classroom assistant in a school. I've said to her, prepare yourself because you are going to get pupils that are going to be wee shits who are going to go against the grain and not have a car in the world. So just prepare yourself for that. And you need to have a thick skin too as well, especially nowadays. But again, come back to the day and my, my dad teacher, my, my teachers were men, men. They were old school men. And even my dad told me about teachers that he even had. You know what I mean? I remember seeing boys being dragged down corridors, getting fucking smacked up the back of the head and booted up the hole, dragged up the corridor by the ankles, dragged by the tie up to the principal's office. And as soon as their parents got there, their parents kicked their fucking ass and grounded them again. But nowadays it's all red tape and you can't say this to a child and you can't do that to a child. Listen, I have two children myself. My kids know the boundaries and rules in this house. If they step out of line when it comes to schoolwork and school education and stuff, they know certain things happen, like grounding, mobile phones taken away, playstations taken away, TVs taken away, now to see their friends, they're grounded, they're punished, they're not allowed to go out the door, no privileges, nothing. They know that. And obviously with Brooks, obviously nearly 18 now, so, but again, Brooks never in trouble. She's always working hard. Okay, she may, may get a wee phone call from the school now and again saying one of her wee subjects has fallen behind a wee bit. Could you help her out, whatever? Or could you help give her that wee push? Like, for example, her GCSEs there last year when she passed them, she was near on the verge of failing two of them. 
But me and her ha- sat down one night and had a come to Jesus meeting. We sat and talked about it and thought, went through it and said, right, Brooke, we need to give this wee extra push. And I'll be there for you. And we'll push yourself through this and we'll get you the results that you need to get your GCSEs. And it worked. And she got her GCSEs and she passed. So to be a school teacher now, I couldn't be one. I just couldn't be one. I, I wouldn't. I couldn't have the patience for it. I've even spoke to police officers recently. I know I'm going on a bit here, but sorry, but police officers recently as well. They even said to me they don't even like having their job now because the, the restraints that they have and all the red tape bullshit you have now in this world, and they wonder why the world's so fucked up. There's no law, no discipline, no respect. No, this this generation I call them millennials, but they are. I'm not an argument and say I'm not a millennial. Well, you were born after the year two thousand, so you're a fucking millennial. They're walking around I and it's just I I fear for the future. I really do. But listen, Darren, thanks for your email. Appreciate it. Hope uh, things get better for you. And uh, try not lose your rag with them because you don't want to lose your job. Even though sometimes you probably feel like stringing someone upside down by the ankles. But again, you can't. You've worked hard enough to be in that job. And again, you obviously know yourself. You know the rules and stuff. But again, I couldn't do your job. So I applaud you. Fair play to you. I really do appreciate um, your hard work and teaching young ones for this generation. Hopefully some of them do come out of it and You'll do something good for the future of this country and obviously for the whole of the world, basically, because I, I just don't know how you'd be a school teacher. I couldn't be one. Right on, let's move on to the next one here. Right, I've got one here from William. William on the email, which is Podcast at yahoo.com. William has said to me, Hi, Matthew. Growing up as a kid, did you ever have any dreams of pursuing any type of career you wanted to do, but never happened? Just wanted to ask you because, again, you always talk about your stories. We're looking forward to hearing in our household more of your stories of you growing up as a kid. What was it like growing up in Northern Ireland? I am myself from England, South Yorkshire, and would love to hear your story on this. What's your view? What was what was your all-time dream growing up as a kid? Thanks for taking my time to read the email. Love the podcast. Love the videos. William. Okay, William, thanks for the email. Appreciate it, man. Growing up as a kid, I mean, I obviously had... You always have, when you're growing up as a kid, you always have dreams, don't you? Like when you're a boy or a girl or whatever, you know, guys always dream about being like a footballer or a doctor or whatever, a policeman or whatever it was. Um, growing up when I was a kid, I always wanted to either play football or, you know, laugh at this, be a wrestler. And I got to live one of those dreams when I was a wee bit older, in my early 20s which I could have had a chance to pursue even further, but I didn't because I decided to walk away to obviously raise my kids because I put my kids before myself. Um, football was the one as well, but again, I got a, a really bad knee injury when I was 16, when I was working on my first job, uh, which I talked about actually in my last podcast. I talked about that my job, the guy who passed away recently. Um, his funeral was there at the weekend too as well, which was a sad day. Um, but yeah, no, just... Obviously, football, wrestling, and stuff like that. There, um, when I was sixteen, I was well. When I was sixteen, I was considering joining the army, um, but then I got my knee injury, and then obviously I couldn't go. But mum and dad didn't want me to do it. Like I remember dad telling me specifically, "You join the army, and I'll never speak to you again." And I was like, but "Why? It's my choice. You know, I want to do this." But dad was always he didn't want me to go to the army. Because this was around about 1999. No, 1997. 98, 97, yeah. When I was 16. And he didn't want me to go. But it was a good godsend that I got that knee injury and didn't go because I would have been in Afghan during fucking 
the 9-11 thing on 2001, then I would have been on multiple tours in Afghanistan, 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 I might even have been here today, so it all worked out in the end, but I, I just had a feeling at the time, you know, I wanted to go away and pursue a career somewhere else, and I thought maybe the army would be for me, but it didn't do it, because obviously I got my bad knee injury and I wouldn't have passed a medical, not a chance in hell, but um no, it was always about, always about football and, and being involved in football. Okay, I'm involved in football now in Northern Ireland, which is great, which I love, because, you know, it's my way of giving back to the local game, even though I didn't play. Um, even though I wish I could have played, but I, I didn't. Because of my knee injury, which still can be a bit of jeopardy this day. But my wrestling stuff like that there, yeah, I uh, obviously ran my own wrestling company for five years in Northern Ireland. Um, I was going to go away and go to uh, another training school and try and pursue a career in wrestling, but then in 2010, when I stepped out of the ring, um, I still ran the company for another year after that, I decided to stop because I wanted to raise my kids. I also had a wife who was nagging in my fucking ear quite a lot too, about it too at the time. But that's another story for another day. But yeah, I stopped all that to raise my kids. And then in 2013, obviously, then I became, obviously, a dad of my own full-time and full custody of the kids and whatnot. So I obviously had to stay at home, so I couldn't pursue a career anymore because I had to stay at home to raise my kids. Um, I, I stopped what I wanted to do for my children. So I wanted just to give, stay at home and help them pursue their future. So, But again, that's just the thing that I, I don't at the time. I put their, their needs in front of me, so... But, yeah, no, it's obviously one of those things I wanted to do. I never wanted to be a doctor or a fireman or anything like that. There. You know, I went to school with guys who are now police officers and firemen and things like that, and they're doing very well for themselves. But, no, that was pretty much what I wanted to do back in the day. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty much it. It was obviously yourself as a wee young boy growing up, William. You, you have all these dreams of wanting to do things when you grow up, but that was me. So, But I am doing one I'm technically still football. Which I'm still involved in, which I love. Love being involved in football. This is just the shitty part of the year when there's no football on. The close season. I hate it. <laughs> but I'm enjoying the breaks nice though. <laughs> Getting a wee tiny bit of a break. Right, let's go on to one more email before I head on to the old social media here. Let's see. We'll hear from uh, Gary. One from Gary here who wrote the message here to me this morning. Gary wrote me a message this morning here saying, Hi Matthew, love your YouTube channel. Just wanted to send you a quick message for your podcast. What was it like meeting Jimmy Carger a few weeks ago in Liverpool? I saw him in Liverpool at a Liverpool game, but never got a chance to speak to him. Did you get a chance to have actually have a chat with him, or was it just a quick photograph and a move on? Love all your YouTube videos. Keep up the good work and love the podcast as well. Take care. Well, honestly, meeting Jimmy Carger, I got to speak from for like two minutes. I got said the story about this, where I was like literally sitting on a wee seat in Matthew Street, and I just lifted my, lifted my head up, and there he was in front of me. It was like. Holy fuck, there's Jimmy Carragher. That's what I said, word for word. And he came walking over and it was like, all right, lad, how are you? And I'm like, Jimmy, nice to meet you. How's it going? And he was like, oh, sound, sound, how are you? Me down on, mate. And I said, can I get a quick photo? And he's like, aye. And then he just looked at Lewis and he went, you coming in for a photo, kid? And Lewis was like, hell yeah, come on. I says, what are you doing here? And he was like, oh, I'm just down doing a wee bit of shopping, just heading around this wee shop around here I always went to. And Lewis couldn't speak. Lewis was just standing there going, um, uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny um, but yeah I got to speak to him for like two minutes and then off he went so he did so nice guy really 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 nice guy so he was we were actually watching him on the Monday Night Football last night Lewis and I and I was like yeah, it's just nice to see basically we were still talking to him on Matthew Street and Lewis was like I know dad 
It's weird, isn't it? That's like it's Jamie Carragher, Liverpool legend. Absolutely love it. There you go. But uh, yeah, it was nice meeting him. Um, so it was for all of two minutes. But he's coming here to Belfast actually. I think it's sometime in I seen an advert on Facebook. I can't remember when it was. Lewis says, "Do you want to go?" And I'm like, "Lewis, we got to meet him for free. Why would we want to pay money to go meet him when we just met him for free?" Anyway, <laughs> thanks for your email. Let's get on to some of the social media ones here before I go today. Um, yes, let's go on the Instagram here. Have we the currency now? Instagram. You right? I've one here from Lisa. Lisa on Instagram says, Hi Matthew, just came across your YouTube channel recently via Instagram. I am from Belfast and have fell in love with your channel, not knowing the fact that you just literally live down the road from me in Northern Ireland. It's great to see. Been watching a lot of your videos over this past week or so and thought to myself, wow, this guy literally lives down the road from me and I've never actually seen him before. <laughs> love your channel. Keep up the good work. It's so strange looking at your kitties now and then looking at them back then. The fact that you've kept the channel going for so long is a great inspiration as one day I was always wanting to set up my own YouTube channel but didn't have the confidence in doing it. What made you set up your own channel and what has kept you going over all these years? Keep up the great work. And hopefully one day I'll see you in Belfast and we're going to have a coffee. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Um, in the last year or so, the videos haven't been popping out as regularly because of obviously my work schedule and things like that. But I do try and get as many out as I can. Um, what's kept me going? The viewers. We need new people. I've said this before many a time. Just love meeting new people. Love hearing from different people. Love hearing all their different stories. You know, just all these different things. Just love hearing and seeing and meeting new people. You know what I mean? It's like, it's unbelievable. I mean, even that WWE show we went to in Belfast, the week, they met the different people we met over the week, over the, the that day. All different walks of life were just coming up and speaking to us and telling us their stories and talking to us. and It's just unbelievable. That's what keeps me going. The viewers. Plus, obviously, the, being in front of the camera helped me with my confidence. What gave me the confidence to do it? Before, I, I told this story before. You know, I was already on YouTube through football and stuff. And I talked about this before. Football saved my life. Because I was going through a really dark patch 10 years ago. After losing my wife and, and obviously lo losing everything and being homeless and losing absolutely everything. And... You know, football saved my life, and then when I started speaking in front of the camera as a TV presenter back in the day for when I was doing for Banger and stuff, it really helped me build my confidence back up and help me help my mental health. And, and it just and then as time went on, obviously, but then Brooke convinced me to start doing a YouTube channel. And as time went on, I've just came more confident talking in front of the camera. And now I do a podcast, and I've done multiple interviews, and I do interviews in football every week, and it just helps me build the confidence i just love to speak to people and love talking and love, it's built my confidence but you were saying there in your message you wanted to do your own youtube channel do it if that's what you want to do don't let anybody tell you you can't do nothing if you're thinking oh but maybe there's people will laugh at me and all who gives a shit what they think you want to be a youtuber do it if you want to have that life where you're meeting new people and you're communicating with people and you feel that you have a creative mind to make video do it just do it. Don't don't let anybody hold you back. Just fucking do it. Go and do it. Live your life. Do it. And if you do do it, make sure you send me a link so I can watch and subscribe to you.
<laughs> Thank you for your message, Darren. I appreciate it. And yes, if I'm in Belfast, and have you ever seen me pop up on Instagram saying Belfast, send me a DM on Instagram and we'll hook up for a coffee. Love meeting new people. Keep up, but keep keep the keep the positive mindset. And if you want to be on YouTube, do it. Don't be don't let anybody tell you what you can't can't do. Right, let's go on to one more Instagram before I pop over to Facebook. And then I'll head down the road for another another day. I'll tell you my wee Adrian Edmondson story before I go to as well. Um, right, let's get in here. One here from Blake on Instagram. That's right, Blake. Um, or is it Blakely? Blake? Blake? No glasses on. I need to start wearing my glasses again, seriously. Unbelievable. Hi, Matthew. Just wanted to ask you a wee quick question. was watching through your videos there last week and came across a couple of your videos where you've pl- I've seen you playing pool and snooker. Okay. Just wanted to know if you're ever interested in playing the sport. I've been playing snooker since I was seven years of age and I'm now in my 20s and hopefully one day I'm hoping to enter more serious tournaments and play on as a professional snooker player as it is my dream to be a professional snooker player one day. Okay. There is a lot of tournaments all across the UK that I've been wanting to enter but I haven't seemed to have the confidence to do it, especially playing in front of big crowds. I've been playing snooker and a little bit of pool since I said to you I was very young but now when I get in front of big crowds, I get very, very nervous. I was just wanting to see if you could give me some advice of how to deal with big crowds, especially as you're involved, involved with big crowds every week at your football job, etc. And I wanted to see if you could give me some tips on building my confidence moving forward as a snooker player. Thank you for taking your time to read my message, Blake. Wow. Okay. Snook- no, well, I've, been, I've played snooker and pool since I was a kid too as well, but I wouldn't obviously go professional. I wouldn't say I'm great at it, to be honest with you, but I just love doing it. It's fun. All I can say to you really is, if you are going to, if this is one of your dreams, as I said to the the previous listener there, you know, if, if you want to do it, do it. Now, if you obviously have low confidence, if, you're, if you've always been afraid of being in front of big audiences, you know, there's always ways of working around that. You know, you can start off with maybe really small tournaments, you know, with very minimal people there and sort of like maybe work yourself through it slowly but surely. Don't rush yourself, pace yourself. I mean, you say you're in your early 20s now. You're still very young. There's always a way of running. I mean, I don't know why you suffer with maybe anxiety or whatever. I mean, if if because there's people out there who have really bad anxiety when they get around big crowds and stuff, they start panicking and worrying and, you know, and at the end of the day, there's always a way around doing it. You know, if you do say, for example, you do have really bad anxiety, I mean, go and speak to someone about it. Maybe your doctor in terms of see maybe you can get something to try and help you. Maybe some type of techniques or, you know, there's all different ways around it, you know, coming over that fear, you know. But again, if this is what one thing you want to do, you want to be a, a snooker player and you want to try and be a professional one day eventually yourself, then go ahead. Don't let anybody try and stop you from doing that. And at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to that tournament to play it in front of, say, 100 people, for example, or 200 people, whatever, they're there not to judge you. They're there to watch you play. You know what I mean? It's not as if you're... It's like a different scenario where people are going to be judging you and, say, doing something. They're not. They're there to watch you play. And if you make a mistake, then you learn from that mistake and you move forward and you, you, you try and not make that mistake again. But again, yes, I do. I am in front of big crowds, you know, well, not massive crowds, but there's been times like, for example, this season of football, Pastor, we had a massive game against Lauren in football, and there was a fucking place was packed, big, massive crowd. I've worked in cup finals in front of big crowds as well. My, my, I, I hate being around big crowds so many people as well, but I learned to adapt in certain situations. 
or if I'm, for example, in a, a big massive crowd and they know who I am, it's fine. But again, I've learned to adapt that over the years because I've picked up different techniques of being around doing different things and all. But again, your situation is obviously different because you're a snooker player. So, I mean, what I would look, if I was you personally, I would look at all my different options I would have for to personally help me overcome that fear, you know, and, and try and look at it. And, and if you have, say, for example, a bit of anxiety and stuff like that, there, you know what I mean? Talk to someone, maybe, you know, whether it be a family member or even go and see a GP and talk to them and say, look, listen, my anxiety is really, really high. Do you have any recommendations how I can overcome this fear or whatever? But if it was me personally, again, if I was entering small competitions, I would start the small ones and just gradually get myself, my mind and my body used to playing in front of certain crowds and then eventually dip your toe in the water to bigger crowds as time goes on. You know, I'm not saying you go out tomorrow and set up to a big tournament where the final's being held in front of a fucking thousand people. What I'm saying to you is just like gradually work yourself into it slowly. It's a slow process. You know, at the end of the day, professional snooker players that are haven't became professional until their late twenties, early thirties. You know, back when I used to watch snooker when I was a wee young lad, the players back then were a lot older, older looking men compared to what they are now. There's a lot of younger ones who don't have that fear like you have, maybe. So all I can suggest to you is is try and look at all your different options that you have. You know, and again, if it is your if it is your passion and you want to do it, do it. You know what I mean? Just just if this this is the thing that you want to do, then do it. But again, look at all your options. Don't just jump in head first. Just try and maybe if you want to enter tournaments across the UK, do we small ones just to try and get your 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 mindset and your comfortable feeling around around that. And then again, then if you, when you're you're ready to step a wee bit as time goes on, then do it. Everybody's different. You know what I mean? Just do what makes you feel comfortable. And at the end of the day, if that's your dream one day to be a professional, go for it. Don't let anybody stand in your way. Just keep up the good work and keep me posted how you're getting on. I really would appreciate, obviously, you to keep me posted how you're getting on because I'd like to hear about it. So I hope that helped a little bit. But keep me posted because I'd like to hear how you're getting on. Right, I'm going to jump now to Facebook. Because I've been on the air here, what, an hour and 20 minutes, guys? Fuck me, I've been talking a lot today. I'm telling myself this morning, I'm going to have a podcast, maybe an hour tops. So I'll do two, two Facebook messages. Tell me Ed's story, and then I'm out the door. Right, on in, on in Facebook here. Here we go. One from Mick. Mick is from Dublin, Ireland. Hello, Mick. How you doing? It's a very Irish name. Good old Mick from Dublin, Ireland. Hey, Matthew. How you doing? Just wanted to ask you a quick question for your podcast. Down here in Dublin is an absolute nightmare at the minute with all the immigration issues going on at the minute. I'm sure you probably saw it on the news. Just wanted to get your views on this as you were in Dublin yourself recently with your brother, as I saw on your YouTube channel. What is your view on immigration in the UK and Ireland? Fucking hurts me think I'm trying to get off the air. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I've said before about this on the podcast, it's a fucking nightmare. It's the amount of immigrants are coming into the country. It's a nightmare. There's been incidents recently this past week or so where I live locally. There's been things going on down here with the, the, the big hotel here where I live in Bangor. There's been more arrests linked to the hotel and foreigners. And I could talk about it all day. I've talked about it on previous podcasts. The government need to do something. 
whether it be here in the UK and in Northern Ireland or down south in Southern Ireland. I mean, I, me and Tony were speaking to a man who owns, owns his own wee shop there in Dublin and he was saying nowadays there's more people from Romania and Afghanistan and all these places now than what there is Irish here in Dublin and he's worried about it. And I've seen videos on social media of like people carrying swords and samurai swords and knives and... It's just like the government need to clamp down on this now before it gets too late. I saw a thing the other week, was it last week, on social, and it was sent to me on WhatsApp by a mate of mine from Belfast saying that he saw this thing spread on a wall in Belfast saying, what was it it says, um, you think your 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 country was bad during the Troubles? Wait till we, wait till we invade your country. And that was from... What country was that from? Was it Afghanistan or Syria or something like that? And I look at that and I go, oh my fucking God. It's crazy. I've talked about it before. I'm not going to get into in depth to it again, not because I'm trying to get off the air here, but I just don't want to repeat myself on the podcast again. But you know my views on it, guys. It's fucking mad. It's mad. You know what I mean? And they're coming in and overnight, over the mainland as well, there's grooming gangs of kids and women and then there's fucking thieves and people getting killed and then you see all these videos on social media with them all in the streets fucking running after each other with samurai swords and listen, I have no problem with people coming into this into the country to work and pay their tax like everybody else but if they're going to come in and cause trouble and kill people and you know groom children and be complete fucking arseholes get rid of them get them out Put them back on the boat where they came from and put them fucking back where they belong. You know what I mean? But answer your question, you know, Mick down south in Dublin, it, it's crazy. And I hope your government gets it sorted too as well because it's absolutely insane and it needs to stop. Now the ones who are coming in who are contributing to the country, getting jobs and working and paying their taxes and putting stuff back into the, the community and stuff like that, which is great. You know, because I have friends who are from all walks of life. I've worked in care homes with different works of people, of places I've worked in, like the passport office and all these different, over the years, jobs I've had, I've had people who've come into this country and worked their ass off, you know, paid their taxes like everybody else to provide a, fam- a life for their own family and for, you know, paying their taxes into the, into, into the UK government to obviously then provide for, like everybody else does, basically pay your taxes to keep the world going, basically. But these ones are coming in and it's just, oh, Mick, I'm sorry, but I've talked about it before and I don't want to get really into it too much more, to be honest with you. But thanks for your message and I hope, I hope that down there it gets sorted quicker, sooner than later. It's going mad, the world's going bonkers. So it is, it is absolutely bonkers. Right, I'm going to do one more on Facebook, guys, and then I'm going to tell me where we story and then I'm going to go again. Right, here we go. I have one here from Daniel. Daniel has wrote to me on Facebook. Hey Matt, love your podcast. Just a wee quick question as you asked us for questions for this week's podcast. Just wanted to know how you're keeping these days in relation to everything that's going on in the world. Since COVID was ended over a year ago and everything else, how are you feeling about everything in general? Most importantly, how are you keeping? Just wanted to ask how you were doing. Take care of yourself. Thanks for reading my message, Don. Oh, Don, Honestly, I or some days I don't even know how I fucking feel. I wake up in the mornings, guys, every morning, and I get the kids up for school. I have my morning coffee. I 
obviously get around sort of around the house, get them all the kids off to school. I work, and then I go. I do different things as well. And at night time, I sit here sometimes, and I think to myself, like, what type of world are we fucking living in now? You know, I I don't really stress out and worry about anything anymore because I I don't. There's no point because if you did, you'd be going insane. Um, how am I feeling about everything at the minute? How am I doing in general? Well, I got a bit of bad news last week about my back and stuff, which is a bit of a shit one, like, but I'm trying to get that sorted. Because I talked about this before in the podcast about my testosterone problems I had there last year, and I went for injections in my back and stuff, but they've ended up, apparently, they could have actually ended up screwing my back up, so I might have to go and get either surgery or fluid draining from, from my back, which is a fucking nightmare. Um, But I'll tell more about that nor story for another day, as I always like to say. Um... But it's quite sore and it's, I find it difficult even some days to even walk with that. It's been a pretty shitty two or three years with the whole lockdowns and everything else that I've been through over the last couple of years. This last year or so especially with like, you know, a relationship breakup and then obviously a lot of problems going on with work behind the scenes and then just a lot of stuff going on too as well. And then obviously my dad had his heart attack this year too as well, which was a bit of a, a shocker from nowhere. But apart from that, I just try and stay positive, guys. I always tell my kids that every day. Try and turn a negative into a positive. That's all you can. That's all you can do. Because if you if you if you loathe yourself in a lot of negativity every day, it's just literally going to drag you down and make you feel like shit. Now there are days where I do feel like shit. I mean, I've spoke about obviously having those issues back ten years ago when I lost everything and I was struggling with mental health and whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, there is days where I do feel like shit. But I get myself up and I go for a walk or. I go and find myself something to do. I've, I've, I've created a night at one night a week where I sit and have a beer and a chill out session and a wee sing song and do a few video calls to my friends and speak to mum on the phone after a few beers and have a laugh and a joke and have a bit of me time. And, you know, it's fun. And I try and create as many memories as I can with the kitties and I'm trying to balance everything out as well. So to be honest with you, it, 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 there's more good days than bad days is what there has been recently. You know, it, it, it just try and stay positive. As much as I can. You know what I mean? Because the last couple of years have been pretty shit. Like losing my best friend. And losing another friend there recently. And just people I've known dying all of a sudden very soon. And then the COVID thing hit. And then all the crap. Well that there. And then obviously relationship breakups. And just everything after and one thing after and But I do try and stay positive. So I do. So that's to answer your question Dan. I'm doing alright. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there should we say. But thanks for your question, I appreciate it. Right, before I go, I want to tell you a wee quick story. I forgot to tell at the start of the podcast before I went on the rant today that I always like to do. Um, I booked some tickets to actually head over to see one of my favourite actors of all time. I told the story before, months ago, about trying to meet this man for years and years and years and years and years. And I came close to meeting him one time, years ago. Big fan, I've always, I've always said this, I'm a big fan of Adrian Edmondson and Rick Mill. Always have been, always will be. I told you the story a few months ago about me the day I met Rick and spent a few hours, about nearly an hour with him. It was great. Um, Adrian Edmondson's doing a live show in the UK. He's doing seven or eight different venues in September. And one of the venues is Liverpool. Yes. And guess what? I got booked the other day. I was I was actually Thursday. It was Thursday night. I was sitting flicking through my phone on Facebook after talking to mum on the phone. And this advert popped up, Adrian Edmondson on tour. And I was like, whoa. Because I follow one of these pages, like, 
you know, shows shares all their old videos from the likes of the days of you know Aiden, Aiden Rick back in the eighties and early nineties and their movies and TV shows they done back then, and this come up and I clicked on it and went, oh shit, right, I'm gonna get up tomorrow morning early. I'm gonna stop drinking. I'm not gonna have any more beers because <laughs> I had a few too many beers on Thursday night. I'm gonna get up in the morning. I'm gonna get on that website at ten a.m. and I'm gonna buy a ticket. And guess what? I got a ticket. And guess what? It's fucking front row, center of the stage, front row. Also, with your ticket, you get a copy of his book that he just released, signed by him. And for what I was reading online, there's a meet and greet for the so many. I think it's the first. I don't know. Is it the first? I think it's fifty or sixty rows he's doing a meet and greet with, and I'm in the front row. So my dream could possibly come true in September, guys. I may actually get to meet one of my comedy heroes this coming September. Adrian Edmondson, who in recent time has been in the likes of EastEnders. Uh, what do you call that program? Is it, Hol- Cas- it Casualty or Holby City? Remember one he was in anyway? Um, he's been in multiple movies. He's been in the likes of Bottom, the Young Ones, Guest House Paradiso, all these different movies that he's been in, TV shows. I Oh, fuck me. The list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And on. He's married to Jennifer Saunders, who you probably know Jennifer Saunders is a very famous actress. Um, just oh man, I've a I've a photo of me, a frame photo of me and Rick Mill in Scotland, and now I'm going to actually meet Adrian Edmondson, and if I get to meet Adrian Edmondson, I will be over the moon. Bucket list material here for me. You're probably laughing, thinking, "What the fuck?" I cannot wait to meet this man. I have Rick's book in a box upstairs, signed by Rick when I met him. His autobiography. Now Adrian has one, and I want to get him signed by him too. I'm so happy. <laughs> get to spend this, I'm actually front row centre to watch this guy I don't know what type of show it is he's doing I think it's maybe a you know maybe tell a few jokes tell a few stories you know one of them sort of them type of shows I'm front row I'm happy I'm as happy as a pig and shit I'm going to see him and here's the thing the ticket was 45 quid bargain my hotel my apartment that I'm staying in for the night was dead 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 cheap and my flight from Belfast to Liverpool return, 55 quid. 55 fucking quid for a flight. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm in my element. And I get a night away from the kids. It's all good. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Some good news to end the end the podcast today. Anyway, I'm going to go, guys, because i got a busy day ahead of me today. I've been talking here now. I've come up to what? Fucking half ten. I've started here at nine o'clock this morning, so now I'm up to half ten. I'm going to go get this put together and put out and get it out at some point today. I've got work to do as well. i got other things on as well, so it's going to be a busy day for me today. But anyway, guys, I hope you all have a great Tuesday. On Thursday's podcast, if you want to get in some questions for the podcast, you certainly can. Um... MurarmyPodcast at Yahoo.com. Contact me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, etc., um, on Thursday, if you have a suggestion for Jackass of the Week, drop it in to me. But before we know who it's going to be, there's going to be a couple of ones that are popping up for the, the candidates for Jackass of the Week this week. Um, Yes, and stay tuned to my social media over the next day or two about the, the merchandise. I'm going to drop some stuff, information on it on social media over the next day or two about the new merchandise and the new summer range as well. Stay tuned for that there on moorarmy.co.uk as well. Right, I'm going to go and get ready because I've got things on today. I'm going to take myself out for a walk later on today as well, will you? So I'll... I've got some, some footage we want to put out showing you the new Liverpool shirt and I've also got some footage from Saturday night with Mum and Dad were for pizza and stuff. It was fun. Um, so we're showing that there too as well probably in today's vlog too. 
So stay tuned. Right, I'm going to head in the road, guys. So thank you very much. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, tune in, add us to your favorites. Thanks for streaming us and downloading us. If you're listening to us on YouTube, don't forget to hit subscribe, drop a like on the video too as well. Tell everybody about the podcast. You want to get more involved, you know how to get in touch with me now. I want to enjoy my Tuesday. Guys, enjoy your Tuesday and Wednesday, and I'll see you back here on Thursday for another podcast, guys. Until then, take it easy, guys, and I'll see you all soon. Thanks for listening.